This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, welcome to the Evan Roberts podcast. I don't know if you want to call this an instant reaction uh, to the Nets' pathetic loss to the Orlando Magic, or maybe we can just call this an in general, the Brooklyn Nets suck edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. This has been mind-numbing to watch. Just absolutely mind-numbing. There's a lot of layers to everything I want to talk about. We could talk about this game where they shot 32% from the field. We can do that. We could talk about how they give you a little tease. They're down by 16. They make this great run to come back, led by the fact that I think the Magic went about nine and a half minutes or so without hitting a field goal. And then we saw your typical dysfunction for about a five-minute period in the fourth quarter in which the offense had absolutely no flow. And what's been so mind-numbing about tonight's game and a lot about this offense down the stretch, is even in the rare times in which they have a functioning offense, they miss wide-open shots. In this game against the Magic on, uh, what's today? Monday night. I'm recording it Monday night, minutes after the blowout. How many wide-open threes did they miss? How many times do I have to see Torian Prince either miss a wide-open shot or take a brain-dead shot. Torian is shooting like 24% from three over the last 16 games. So maybe somebody should give him the freaking memo to stop taking these abysmal shots. But this all comes back, a lot of it comes back, to Kyrie Irving. Okay, so there'll be a little bit of Kyrie Irving in this podcast or rant or whatever you want to call it. Let me start there. And then we'll move our way to how this mess occurred, how the Nets somehow became a 16-19 and 19 basketball team on the road to nowhere. <clears throat> the Nets are still the Nets, okay, when it comes to popularity in this town. And if you're not sure about that, if you've had questions about that, if you thought or hoped, ah, it's different now, you know, people are going to really pay attention to the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to become a bigger factor because Kevin Durant signed here and Kyrie Irving signed here. Let me give you the proof. Nobody, and nobody's too strong of a word, very few people are holding the Nets accountable for everything they've done during this Kyrie Irving charade. When he first got hurt and he popped up on the injury report after the Utah game in the midst of a West Coast trip, but look, 10 games into the season, they were going to play two nights later in Denver against the Nuggets. It was a TNT game, and we know Kyrie Irving wanted to have revenge against Jamal Murray for God knows whatever reason, whatever their history says. And I was surprised that night when I saw Kyrie Irving was going to play. He was going to play that TNT Thursday night game against the Denver Nuggets, a game in which, if you recall, if memory serves correct, it was the same night Miles Garrett lost his mind. I don't know why that's a connection to me, but same night he lost his mind. 
And the Nets competed in this game. That's had a lead in this game. They had a lead just like they had in Utah the night before. And Kyrie Irving played through this shoulder injury, which they told us, you know, he kind of re-aggravated it. So he's questionable for the finale of the road trip in Chicago against the Bulls. Questionable. We all know he hasn't played since then. Yet the Nets were telling us he's questionable. And questionable continued. Well, is, is he going to play on the homestand against Indiana, Charlotte, and Sacramento? No. Is he going to play against the Knicks? No. Is he going to play in the return to Boston? We'll see. No. And then we had some in Boston, Kendrick Perkins is the world, saying Kyrie's made up the injury because Kyrie doesn't want to go back to Boston. Well, obviously, there isn't a made-up injury because we haven't seen Kyrie Irving since. But all the while, Sean Marks said nothing. Kenny Atkinson said nothing. This performance team, which I'm so sick of hearing about, oh, they got these cool things they put on DeAndre Jordan's knees. They said nothing. Nothing. You could hear a whisper coming out of Brooklyn. And then there's a report, hey, maybe this injury is more serious. Maybe it's bursitis. Look, I don't know what the injury is. All I know is that for months now, at least and since November 10th, we hadn't seen him play. So it's the middle of December, a month has gone by, no update, nothing. Sean Marks says nothing. The only thing we got is Kenny denied the report of bursitis and, you know, he's, he's almost ready. We just got to clear him for contact. He's almost ready. And then, almost as if the Nets planned this, they decide on a Saturday night in the middle of the NFL playoffs... Let's have Kyrie Irving actually talk to the media. Sean Marks, nowhere to be found. But Kyrie Irving on his own is now going to talk to the media and, and get emotional and talk about how I'm having a tough time lifting my shoulder up and, you know, we're trying these cortisone shots and surgery may be an option. Surgery may be an option. This general manager, who I have waxed poetic about, but guess what? You can wax poetic and you could be honest about great moves and the way you build all day long. Things change. And what's changed during this season is that Sean Marks has hidden. He has said nothing. And why my initial point of the Nets are still the Nets is that he's not being held accountable. There is more talk about this Kyrie Irving mystery nationally than there is locally. And for any Nick fan that probably said, let me listen to Evan bitch and moan because we like the pain of Nets fans. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you happy right now. Could you imagine if this was the Knicks? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Kyrie Irving played 10 games for the New York Knicks? But that's that's not it, because look, maybe he's hurt. My anger isn't squarely at Kyrie Irving or the situation. A lot of it is at the organization and how this has been handled and how they're not being held accountable. The Knicks get ripped for everything. And a lot of things the Knicks get ripped for, they deserve it. I'd be the first one to tell you. I think most Knicks fans would tell you. But sometimes the Knicks get ripped for everything, you know? No matter what it is, they get ripped for it. Could you imagine if the New York Knicks were not saying a word about an injury to their best player? And I'll tell you something else, and I think I speak for a lot of Net fans, I can't say all. I am not put on this earth, and I am not wired to say, well, this year doesn't matter anyway. It's all about 2020, 2021. Are you freaking kidding me? The Nets had years without having their own draft pick. They had rosters that had no chance of going anywhere. And guys like me are locked into every game. We care about every game. Even if we know 
There is no lottery pick at the end of the rainbow, and this team's not even going to be in a playoff race. Yet we're locked in because we're fans. So don't for a second tell me none of this matters. Don't for a second tell me, but don't worry. Kevin Durant's coming next year. You know what? We'll have that discussion next year. This is this year. And they need Kyrie Irving. They need him. If you don't believe me, watch Theo Pinson play basketball. If you don't believe me, watch Garrett Temple as a backup point guard. If you don't believe me. And yes, I probably just passed gas right now. So if you're thinking about it, yeah, I think I did because I'm angry and I'm just letting it all go. It's, you know, nine o'clock at night and I just left my wife and said, hold on, I have to go do a podcast ripping the nets. Now, as far as why this team sucks right now, I had a friend of mine. I wanted to just rip his head off. This guy texts me and I'm behind in the game because I don't know if you heard Joe and I are doing afternoon drive now, which is which is cool. And so I got home after this Nets game started. So I started the game on DVR. I was a little bit behind. I eventually caught up between commercials and the halftime show. And I started at about 35, 40 minutes behind. I eventually caught up. I made the dumb mistake of checking my phone. And a buddy of mine texts me, boy, I'm so surprised the Nets are this terrible. That's a Nick fan who's just enjoying every second of it. And God bless you. You know, if you're a Nick fan who hates the Nets, God bless you. That's great. You should enjoy our failures. I'm not even going to talk trash. I'm just accepting it. Yeah, you should enjoy our failures. And he tells me, I can't believe it. Oh, really? You can't believe it? This team sucks. When Kyrie Irving first went down and the Nets were playing reasonably well, I said it on the air to Joe. I said it to anybody who would listen. They need him healthy. They're not good enough to function without him, especially without Karis LeVert. I'll get to him in a second. In a short burst of time, the Nets played well without Kyrie Irving. They did. And I give them credit for that. They played well for a decent stretch of time after the Kyrie injury. They won that game in Chicago. They bounced back from the Indiana loss. They won four in a row. Then they had a three-game winning streak capped off by that great win against the Denver Nuggets. And really, the high-water mark of them without Kyrie was the game against the Sixers in Brooklyn on that Sunday where they blew them out. They pushed their record at that moment to 14-12, and and you felt good about them. But even then, you knew They need Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert back because the reason they were able to play so well with those guys out was Garrett Temple was playing great basketball. Garrett Temple is not playing great basketball anymore. Guys shooting like 25% from the field over the last three weeks. They were able to survive without those two guys because Amon Shumpert was playing well, because David Nwaba were playing well. Well, David Nwaba had this horrific injury I feel terrible about, and the Nets had to get rid of Amon Shumpert because they had Wilson Chandler coming back. And because you could look at Nawaba and Shumpert and say, well, they're sort of carbon copies of themselves. They both bring that defensive intensity that clearly was starting to become the identity of their team a little bit. They were defending on a nightly basis. They had a stretch against Charlotte, Sacramento, and then close with the Nick game at the Garden where they weren't giving up 100 points. They almost went three straight games not giving up 100 points, which is a big freaking deal. Big deal for this team. Well, when David Nawaba goes out with this horrible injury, why don't they bring back Amon Shumper? Can someone give me that answer? Instead, they're signing Justin Anderson. Instead, they're, yeah, bring him back. They need him. And at this point, I don't even need to see Theo Pinson. And don't tell me he's a great cheerleader. What do I care if he cheers well? They miss Amon Shumpert. This team doesn't defend nearly enough. They didn't defend in the Toronto game. They didn't defend in the Dallas game. And how about the Timberwolves game when Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins aren't even playing? So Nawaba 
and Shumpert were big factors. I understood, even though I was surprised and maybe didn't love it, getting rid of him on Shumpert. But once Nawaba comes down, you need him back. They miss him. Jared Allen was playing great basketball. Remember that? Remember it looked like Jared Allen was becoming a star? I know it feels like it was seven years ago because he's got to come back to that pre-breakout form. I mentioned Torian Prince at the top of this podcast. He sucks and has played that way for a while. Okay, there's new guys entering the rotation like Timothy Loaba Cabarro, who I can't decide if he's good or not. I really can't. I think he's a good defender, but I also sometimes don't think he's a good defender. And I also know he's not nearly as good a defender as Amon Shumpert or David Nawaba. But he's been one of their first guys off the bench. Rodion's Karutz is showing a pulse. Great, let's have a party. Rodion's Karutz is showing you something. And Musa, I, I can't decide if I just want to rip his head off or give him a big hug. Because you talk about a guy that thinks he's well endowed. You talk about a guy who thinks he's Michael freaking Jordan. It's him. It's Donon Musa. But overall, the horses that overachieved for a couple of weeks, maybe about a month. Let's see, how long was that time period? If you go Chicago game, which is November 16th, and I really think things kind of panned. They hit their their top against Philadelphia, and the Pelican game the next day or a couple of days later was a sign of things to come. That was December 17th, so it was a month, okay? It was a one-month period where the Brooklyn Nets survived being without Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert. And really, since that Pelican game, everything's been different. They were fortunate enough to win that game. They blew the San Antonio game. They were very lucky to win the Atlanta game, where they were down big and had that great comeback. And they haven't won since December 21st. They haven't won since. They had the brick fest against the Knicks. Oh, good effort against the Rockets. They just came up short. The horrible overtime loss to Minnesota. Another one of those, ah, we battled against Dallas. Meanwhile, Porzingis wasn't playing a game. The disaster in Brooklyn against the Raptors where they had a 16-point lead that evaporated in like three minutes in the second quarter. And then obviously this dog crap game against the Magic. It is a six-game losing streak. But the bad basketball extends to nine games. Because in these nine games, they've lost seven of them and they could have lost all of them. So this is now a nine-game stretch. They are also cannot rely, and because it's not happening anymore, Spencer Dinwiddie playing like an MVP, because it isn't happening anymore. Now, I'm not going to sit here and rip Spencer Dinwiddie. Reality set in. He was playing over his head for about a month. You can't expect Spencer Dinwiddie to play like an MVP for two months straight. They needed, and this is where it would have been perfect, for Irving and for Levert to come back. And they needed that two weeks ago. Now, let me get to Karis LeVert. Look, Karis LeVert is seductive. He is. You watch him play. You saw him Saturday against Toronto. And for everyone else, you saw him in the Philly series. And you're just enamored with how good this guy can be. His handle, his defense, the step-back shot, which has gotten so much better. He, He can get to the basket whenever the hell he wants. He is seductive. That's the word I would use to describe him. Seductive. But he can't stay on the court. And this performance team and Sean Marks, who is never called out because he doesn't speak to the freaking media, decides, you know what? Let's have Karis LeVert not be able to play back-to-backs. Because, you know what? I heard Capstraw explain it. Yeah, we're trying to get him back in a basketball shape. Here's the bottom line. They need Karis LeVert. 
Right, forget Kyrie Irving because I'm already trying to forget about him because I don't think he's ever going to come back this season. They need Karis LeVert and they need him healthy and they need him playing with Spencer Dinwiddie and I need Garrett Temple out of my life playing 30 minutes a game. Can't happen anymore. He played well for a while. He's a nice locker room guy. If Garrett Temple is taking 13 shots and playing 30 minutes a night, you're screwed. Same thing with Torian Prince at this point. But don't let anybody tell you none of this matters because don't worry, Kevin Durant's walking through the door next year. And Kyrie Irving, he'll be fine. He's just making sure he's ready for next year. That's not how we are as sports fans. At least most of us aren't. We're not thinking about next year. I'm thinking about now. And the reality of now is the Brooklyn Nets are an eight seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, I could sit here and make you feel better and say, well, they do have 19 losses, but the worst team after them that would knock them out of the playoffs, they're the Bulls and they're 13 and 23. Or Charlotte, who's 15 and 24. So look, you do the math. The Nets still have a five game or four game, depending how you want to look at it, loss column lead for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. And you could talk yourself into that and feel great about it. I don't want the eighth seed. I don't want them to make the playoffs with 37 wins. I want progress. I want to build off of last year, and it's tough to build off of last year when Kyrie Irving, who was signed to replace D'Angelo Russell, isn't going to play basketball. And you can bet your ass, because you know it deep down, that Kyrie Irving is not going to play this season. It's over. He played 11 games. Who would have known on that Thursday night against the Nuggets that was going to be his last game of the season? I would be stunned if we saw Kyrie Irving again. And you know what? If we did, I would expect him to play one or two games and say, oh, the pain is back. I guess I'm going to shut it down. But I'll tell you this. At 16-19, and with a game against the Thunder and Miami coming up, where they're likely to fall to 16-21 and before they play Atlanta again, I don't want to hear people pat me on the head like I'm a puppy dog and say, it's all about next year anyway. You know what? When we get to next year, when that happens, we could talk about it and we could dream about it and we can discuss it and we could break it down. But right now, I don't want to watch this garbage basketball. They got to get their heads out of their asses and they need Karis LeVert to play 25 to 30 minutes a night. They also need guys to just play better. As far as this game is concerned, I mean, look, they couldn't make shots. I mean, they shot 33% from the field. They shot 21% from three. They were beaten up at times on the offensive glass where Aaron Gordon was just out hustling them for an offensive rebound. Or Nikola Vukovic was just crushing them on the glass. How many rebounds did he have in this game? Like 25 rebounds in this game. This is not a basketball team, even without all of your guys, that you should be losing like this to. And it feels like at times you're watching the same thing. An offense that just becomes dysfunctional at times. They need Karis LeVert back. They need him to play. They need him to stay healthy. Where is this season going? You want me to give you a prediction? Well, the only prediction I could offer you is Kyrie Irving isn't playing until him and Kevin Durant walk on that court in October. And until then, I'm worried about this team in this moment. And right now, they suck. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.